Hello, world. Welcome to Industrial Nomads, Voices on the Road. This is episode... Hey, are we live right now? Puker. This is episode Brian Davis. We're not live. <laughs> From playing with Star Wars to operating Primavera P6, I've known Brian since I was three years old. And there are no quarrels about it. He's the reason I landed in the turnaround industry. We'll touch on plenty during this episode. Brian Winston Davis, welcome to the podcast, you nerd. Not too much, man. Uh, but to get it rolling, give the audience a little background on you know where you're from. I, I know the story really well, but uh, uh, put it out there, man. With, how'd you get in the industry? Uh, you know, give us some give us some mud here. Man, Louisville, Texas. Uh, I think over the last several years we've moved. I think 25, 26 times. So Insanity. Industrial nomad. I, I'm, I can relate to that. Um, been in the industry 29 years, directly out of high school. Uh, started out at the paper mill in Orange. I was going out for a two-week turnaround. I ended up staying out there for five years with Brown and Root on maintenance. And so... What was your what was your craft? What did you come in as? I was in the rigging and equipment uh, crew, and so, but I was the only helper on site, and so, anytime they needed help building scaffolding, I was the guy. Anytime they needed help pouring concrete, I was the guy. Or if they said, if they said, does anybody know how to operate this machine? I got certified on all the uh, equipment we had on site. Uh, I drove 18 wheelers. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think you operated a few things without certification. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, over the five year period, I did get certified in all of it. And, uh, actually, during my lunch breaks, I would go and, and learn how to weld. And so I finally got my welding certificate out there. And um, like I said, I was a pipe fitter helper. Uh, I did some welding for them, structural, uh, nothing pipe-related. Uh, I was just an overall helper for each crew and craft and uh, learned a lot. But during the turnarounds, they actually pulled me into the office to help with the planning and the scheduling. And that was my initial introduction to, back then it was called P3, into uh, the scheduling program. That might have been where Brian learned to read, because I don't think he could read through school. <laughs> I'm totally yeah, kidding. You know, <laughs> I'm kidding. I think in, in school, middle school and high school, I think I got elected twice for most li- most likely to succeed. I don't know why, but uh, I just thought it was pretty crazy. I was always the quiet guy in the classes. And a, and a funny, this to me, like, I think it was your whole family. Y'all were nocturnal. That's how we always viewed y'all. Yeah. And so... You didn't. You missed a lot of school. I think, like in today's world, they would have kicked you out of school, or no, they would. They would have. They would have filed charges on you or something. <laughs> like you would have been, but you missed a lot of school, man. Yeah. And you. You just missed the morning, is what you missed. I remember a, a time it snowed in the eighties, <laughs> and you slept through the whole stinking snow. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> That's you eating I pizza. Up all night. Yeah, eating pizza, lasagna, and I mean, 
Yeah. But uh, but you went to the industry, and that's something I always, like, uh, you told me a story one time. I don't remember what it was. It was, uh, but they were, they needed somebody to weld or something, maybe, and you hadn't done it, and you told them you could. Uh, yeah, that was at, uh, I was working for Brown Root at BP, Texas City. Uh, I was working in a maintenance crew, and they classified me as a maintenance mechanic. But, again, during my lunch breaks, and I did this a lot. During my lunch breaks, I would go and try to learn something. Uh, whether I would eat something for like five or ten minutes, uh, or I wouldn't eat at all, just go out there and try to, to learn something. So I'd grab some metal and I'd just grab the MIG gun and I'd start welding, you know, different angles, overhead, a vertical, horizontal. And uh, yeah, it come up one day that they needed the welders that were actually on site to weld with a MIG gun to do some overlay on a vessel none of the welders could pass the test for the overhead with a MIG gun. And so I told the project manager that I could. So they let me test, and sure enough, I passed it. So they put me in this tower of welding, but they didn't tell me that I needed to kind of jump around with, you know, my welding so I didn't just eat up one spot of the of the tower. <laughs> I ended up messing up the tower a little bit. <laughs> But that's but that drive right there, that, that curiosity and that want to know everything. Um, when I used to be in education, I dealt a lot with kids or students that didn't want or didn't know what they wanted, didn't know what they wanted to do, didn't want to go to college. And I used you, and it was definitely not uncommon that I would tell your story, hey, this, because in all honesty, you, you barely passed high school, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> And and you can't fault you for that. That just wasn't your that wasn't your niche. That wasn't your groove right there. Um, not that you didn't get along with people, and not that you didn't get along with your teachers. Um, I don't really know what it was, but but anyway, you got into the industry and learned, like you said, everything you could learn. Whenever an opportunity came up, you jumped on it. And back then, you were very well into six-figure income uh and, and that you know i could tell kids that and they would be like wait and he didn't go to college and i'm like no no you don't have to do that there's opportunities out there but ultimately it comes back to the individual and anyway that story i, I don't know but i would like to think that it helped it at least helped some anxiety at that time for kids you know uh, yeah, it was definitely a, a drive. Like I said, my first uh, introduction to, to the scheduling program was back, you know, in my first job. What was it? Because uh, now it's like P6 level, I don't even know what version it is, 17, 18, 20. I'm not sure where uh, we they, are now. They do it by year now, so it's 20 point whatever, 21, 21 now. And so I'm uh, not sure if they have a version this year, but yeah, they, they basically classified by year now. So Okay. Back then it was P3, uh, it was kind of a, uh, you know, introduction to all that, and from that time on, I, I really pushed and tried to learn as much as I could through that, and I bugged people that were in that field, people that I knew and I'd met uh, in the industry. I got a copy of the program, brought it home, and uh, just began to navigate through it, learn, how, you know, verbiage, uh, what the icons meant. 
then because I didn't have a college degree. I felt like I needed to to do something else and in a different way maybe to to excel myself. And yeah, I mean it, it was a long a long road, but it, it really worked out for me and put me in a position I'm in right now. So. Yeah, and you you know the ins and outs of I mean multiple crafts coming up through the the ranks and what it means from where you sit now like you can still you're still in touch with that in tune with that probably a better word yeah um kind of jumping onto another area because you did work your way through the industry and I, I don't think anybody would contest that you've been very successful um but you found time um, to start your own company uh, sometime back in the earlier to mid 2000s. How did 2010, 11-ish. Was it that late? Yeah, when we started GPS. Okay. We actually started in 2010, I think, and I left BP when they sold the marathon. I think it was 2011, and, uh, and then that's when I went up to Casper. We already had a job going up there with our company. Okay. And y'all, so, y'all, y'all were in operation for a couple of years or so. Yeah, a couple of years. That was uh, um, but just from that, just from the experience of having to, I mean, you started that from the ground. It's not like you. You had any other support? You had you and some friends, and y'all decided to do it, and y'all did it. But from ground up, and you learned a lot. I mean, just on the, I would guess the legal and the administration side of that. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, definitely an eye opener. Um, you know, a lot of the, the financials, the banking, the contracts. I mean, you, you got to know all aspects of it, not just the field side. So, uh, definitely a learning curve. Several, several days at the bank, you know, just going over business plans and projections, financials, uh, to get approval and move forward. So, business models, everything, right? Yeah, it's one thing to have contracts in hand, but you can't get a way to fund it, you know. They're doing you no good. Yeah, so, and, that, and that's just, it's, it's been so neat for me over the years just getting, because I've gotten to hear you know the the story side of it like what's going on and, and i get to keep track of the narrative in my mind you know and that's been a it's a pretty interesting story and, and and one of the reasons i'm saying that is trying to get brian to do the podcast he was uh he, he did say nobody wants to hear my story yeah. okay that's what you think but it's a pretty cool story you know uh i mean people talk about the american dream and stuff and you talk about uh you know what your approach to coming into anything, uh, but you you made it to where you are, and and, that's, and you're you're sitting pretty well. So yeah, there, there's a lot of things that that gave me drive. Uh, I remember one year uh, we were in Texas City. I hurt my knee playing football with some friends uh, on a Sunday. Probably that might have happened in Orange, Texas. Huh? <laughs> no, it was actually in Texas City. Oh, it was okay. But uh, yeah, I hurt my knee and, and I was off work eight months of that year and I only made $5,000 the whole year. Wow. Uh, 
but I was able to maintain you know, all my, my vehicles, you know, our house and everything. And uh, it was, you know, when I was able to go back to work, uh, there was more of a drive inside of me. Okay, I'm gonna do something. I can't just go back in the field. And, and it was 2003 that I got my initial break into B6 and scheduling a B3. And uh, you know, from there, it's, it's history. I've been doing scheduling ever since, project controls, uh, getting into estimating cost, you know, just different uh, aspects of project controls. Yeah. And, and still, while doing all this, you are an ordained minister, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're a devout Christian. Uh, uh, 25 years. 25 ordained. years. And in the monks of uh, the gypsy lifestyle, nomadic lifestyle, um, you and your family and some friends went to Utah. And you found time to start a church. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the same time we started our company. So 2011 is uh, when we were all going to Utah. It was actually us and another couple that went there. You know, just as go pastors start the church, and uh, within a year uh, we had 100 people coming to our church, which is really unheard of, especially in Utah. You know that area. That's a Mormon country, there, right? <laughs> yeah. They, everybody told us it'd be really hard to go up there and start a church, and and so just that mindset again of Brian Davis that hey, nobody's gonna tell me I can't do it. There's, there's a little bit of a chuckle and a little bit of a smirk that comes into play when you're like, you can't do that. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get her done, Davis. Yeah. So we'll so, see about so, that. Uh, we went up there, and, and like I said, within a year, uh, we had 100 people. We had a 9,000-square-foot building, commercial kitchen. We were doing uh, book calls for the city. Uh, we had a school bus that was donated to our church. Uh, all of our equipment, everything was paid for. I mean, it was just... It was really nice, man. It was a really good, good deal. And uh, we felt the need to come back to Texas and handed that off to a, a young minister there in Utah. So I still get phone calls from him. That's awesome. But, to, but to, uh, you know, a lot of people might have their entire, like every minute of their life to, to do something like that for whatever the duration but you were doing that and starting a company. I, that, that just fascinates me that, that you're able to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're not. I was working at uh, Holly Frontier, north of Salt Lake, and they were doing a, uh, a plant wide expansion, and I was the only scheduler on site. So. And so you're working, was, you're working solid 7, 12 to 7. I've, I've, I've been on the phone with you over a 16 hour course where you were at work the whole time. So. Uh, not not for the entire time, but I talked to you at different points of the day, and you were at work the whole time. So that's yeah. I, I know what kind of hours that would entail. Yeah, yeah, that's that's impressive, man. No doubt. But while you're in Utah, I don't I don't want I got to bring this up, man. Watch it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you, you're you have a son. Blaze is is eighteen now. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, he's got he's got a beautiful wife and beautiful daughter, handsome son, um, and they're awesome. But Blaze was uh, so he I guess he's eleven at that time ish, or in twenty thirteen eight years ago ten eleven, 
And he was telling mom and dad, Brian and Crystal, that he was hearing noises. Is that am I right here? I mean, help me out. Tell me the story. <laughs> oh, you're talking about that. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, yeah. We bought a house. Built in 1905, an old home, and uh, he his bedroom was upstairs, and uh, and you went in his bedroom across uh, across the way there in the in the wall, the window went all the way almost all the way to the floor, and he kept he kept telling us that he heard bat noises, <laughs> and I kept telling us, man, there's no bats in this house. I said, you're hearing things. Finally, kept on saying, kept on saying, so I went up to his bedroom. Cause he come down some out. I hear him right now. He said they're up there right now. So we ran up there and uh, stick my head out the window. And sure enough, there's bats all up in the in the house uh, <laughs> in the roof. And so I get a a broom and I duct tape my my phone to the end of it, and I'm videoing, sticking out video and all the bats up there. And uh, in the meantime, place had a grape. He was, he was eating grapes, you know, and he was behind me, and I didn't know it, so I'm sticking halfway out the window looking at these bats that are just steadily coming out to leave the house. And, and I went to say something to Crystal, and I kind of turned my head looking back in Well, I didn't know that Blaze had threw one of the grapes up, and it come down and hit me in the ear. <laughs> and so I slammed myself back in the in the house, almost fell out the window. Brian Davis, one fear on this earth is yeah. bats. <laughs> it's a fool. So I'm beating myself in the head because I know the bats <laughs> on me somewhere. And I'm just beating myself. Well, they all ran out and shut the door on me. So I'm screaming like a little girl. And uh, he comes to find out Blaze knew what happened because he knew that great behavior here. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. I actually broke an orange football to you when I, when I fell back in the house. I fell so hard. I would have paid money to see that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things happen, Brian Davis. I, yes, you have. That's one thing I would like to have saw. Uh, and you laughed at everything. I got hurt at Yeah, You know, there was definitely a level of uh, comedy in just about every one of them. On your part. I'm not. Man, if you step back and be objective and imagine what I got to see, you have to agree, Brian. For example, we're parading through the the woods in Deweyville, Texas, heading back to what we call the Gator Hole. We took a route we didn't normally take, and we came up on this barbed wire fence, two strands of barbed wire fence, and there was this post that had rotted, um, rotted through at the bottom at the base. So you know you could you could twist the post, and I bring up that you could twist it because that's what Brian started doing. I guess you were trying to. It was in the way, man. You were going to break the fence. Is that that yeah, that was your idea? Okay. So he grabs the uh, the bottom of this post, you know, with his his like his left hand, and he twists it up, and then he grabbed the bottom again with his right hand. And he's kept twisting it, like uh, you know, getting a lot of tension on the fence, and then he missed his grab, and that twisted fence, you know, came untwisted. And this post spun, and there, there was some force behind that because it hit him right in the face, yeah, knocked, <laughs> knocked him flat on his back. I think you were seeing stars for a little bit. Oh yeah. I, I'm sitting there just like, 
what just happened? And I, hey, it was funny. Um, I laughed. I did help you up. I mean, yeah. but we, we just went back to the house. <laughs> Two black guys. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. But that, that was typical Brian Davis incidents. Yeah, I was in the hospital so many times that the doctors actually called me into a room by myself and asked if my mom and dad abused me. I'm not surprised. And that's why I lean on you now when I call you when my boys are bruised up. I'm like, how'd your mom handle that? Because <laughs> I remember Carolyn not being happy with us often. <laughs> it's just weird, though. It was always like you getting the, like, I, you know, it just, you were marked, man. We didn't have we didn't have to do anything. Just stand back and watch. Uh, but uh, so most enjoyable place you've been though on the road. Uh, what, what would that be? Where where would that be? And I'd, I'd have to say Wyoming, whether it be Casper or Rollins at the uh, Sinclair plant. Seems like life kind of slows down there, and uh, scenery, the fishing, the hunting. I mean, it was just really cool. In Casper, we actually had uh, they have a little place you can go snowboarding, and skiing and up on the hill, not really a mountain. But uh, you know, we we would get a membership there when we worked at Casper, and uh, and during our lunch breaks, we'd take off early and, and go up to the mountain and just kind of get away for a little bit. It was just a peaceful place to get away from everything. The, you know, Houston, uh, all the junk, and just kind of calm down. Yeah. Um, fun fact, like somewhere around 2013, I think is the first time, like me and you had talked about me coming to the industry. And then I, we were laying the floor, and it, this ties back to Wyoming. Um, when I was like, hey, man. How, how do we make this happen? How, how can I? And you said, well, it's, you know, everything's timing. And remember you telling me that. And we waited. And in 2016, um, it was the first time I, I came to work, and it was in Wyoming. And you had had time enough to explore it. And uh, oh, yeah. we, we went to, uh, remember we stayed in Rollins. And, yeah, we uh, were going to Burger King. That was as we drove into town from from Denver, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, what did, what did she say? She said. <laughs> I, said I said I want a number one with everything. She said, what's everything? Or all the way. She said, what's all, all the way? way? Yeah. I, I said, with everything. And I said, I want that with a Coke. And then she waited a little bit and said, what do you want to drink? <laughs> I said, Coke. And she said, you want Dr. Pepper? And, yeah, I lost it when she said that. And for whatever reason, yeah, we were, he got to laughing really hard, and I was already laughing. We were probably a little delirious. Yeah. But I remember he turned and looked at me and was like, order. And I, I was just, all I could do was shake my head because I was laughing hard. I couldn't hardly breathe. And I, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was yeah, and we just sat there uh, laughing at, again, it was funny what she said, but we were on a level of delirium. Um, and jumping ahead, coming back from there, and while we were up there, I don't know how many times uh, James Fisher's story came up. 
I'm going to oh, yeah. unplug James on that, that cracking windshield. <laughs> uh, that was funny. I forgot about that. Because <laughs> yeah, that, that probably kept us awake um, on the return trip from from Wyoming. Uh, but in Wyoming, I remember uh, one your, your family come up. And your question was, hey, anybody want to go on a hike today? And everybody's like, yeah, you know, pretty stoked, thinking we're going on a short hike. How many miles later, like we, we drove down to, was it Ox Medicine Mountain? What, what was that mountain? Medicine, Medicine Bow. Medicine Bow. There's a lake at the bottom right, and then there was a, yeah. you could hike to the peak of uh, that mountain. Yeah. It was uh, 5.2 miles to the top. Yeah, ten over 10 miles round trip. I had done it by myself before any of y'all come up there, so I didn't think anything about it. I'm in Chuck Taylor's. I'm in Converse <laughs> tennis shoes. <laughs> you didn't tell me that he put on something else. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember being that far. Yeah. It, was, it was a journey. It was awesome. No doubt. No regrets on it. We Finally got up to the top. Everybody wanted to stop. What Crystal and the kids, they wanted to stop about three quarters of the way up. I said, no, we're this far. We're going to the top. I mean, there's no sense in turning back now. So we got up to the top. Took pictures. I'm all the way back down. By the time we got to the car, I guess about 30 minutes before the car, it started getting dark ones. Yeah, it was dark so one. <laughs> yeah. Bear country and mountain lion, wolves. Yeah. But it, but it was really cool. You talked about slowing down and stuff like uh, we went out, uh, is that North Fork River or? I, I, uh, North Platte. Platte, yeah. That we went and fished down there. That, seriously, man, you want to get back in touch with nature and just be away from everything. Wyoming was just, it was great. Yeah, right and, and you know, doing scheduling and stuff, it's just always fast-paced. It seems like you just everything you do in the schedule and turn around is just like, gotta do it, gotta do it, gotta finish it, gotta get done, you know. So to me, that's my my place of staying. Just getting away and, and you know, just kind of get a refresher. Yeah, we just took out driving on the road and you could drive to no end. Like, yeah. and not see another soul, not a house, telephone pole, just open raw country man it was it really was cool uh but you spent a lot of time up there and i'll tell you there were there were two things you did up there you told me a story one time you were fishing i don't know if that was the same area we were in do you remember that do you know what i'm talking about where i'm going with that one no not yet you're out there by yourself hear some bushes moving oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was out there <clears throat> What what were you thinking? What was happening? Give me a little. Well, again, you know, there's there's bears all up there, and and so uh, walking down the river. But when I get to a certain spot in the river, there's like a little bluff that's about I don't know a foot foot and a half off, you know, from the water. And then right there on the edge of the bluff is this high grass, probably about I don't know, three foot, two or three foot, and so you know. I'm walking down the river, and it's kind of like I'm head high with this grass. And, uh, and all of a sudden I hear something in the grass, like running straight at me. I didn't have time to do nothing. I had my pistol on. 
Big too, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean you could tell it was big. I said, "Oh my god, I'm fixing to get ate by a mountain lion or a bear." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this huge mule deer jumps out right in front of me in the river and looks at me, and then just takes off running down the river. <laughs> yeah, that was. I ended up packing, packing everything up, going home. <laughs> one, one of those heart jump moments, I like. Well, but then another time you went, you did went, you, ah, getting tongue tied here. You went hunting by yourself. Yeah. That was in Utah. Okay. Uh, when we lived there. Yeah, I, I did that a lot. I didn't think all that through. But, um, yeah, I went up there and, and uh, I'd drawn a tag for a cow elk in that area up in the mountains. And got up there and uh, saw several moose walking in. Again, you know, there's bear and wolves all up there. But uh, I stood up in this one place. It was like looking up a hill, and there was three ponds kind of layered going up this hill. And about 300 yards away was the last pond, and five cow elk come out right there at that pond. I shot one of them, and uh, I get up there, and I have nobody to help me skin it, <laughs> tape it out, order it up. So, to do all that by myself on the ground and she's right in the water so I'm soaking wet and by the time I get done skinning her out and packing her out I've got blood all over me and I'm thinking man I'm walking in and out of this thing packing all this meat by myself with blood all over me and uh yeah bear mountain lion wolves all up there Nothing Nothing went wrong, uh, thankfully, but <laughs> the, the stage was set for a tragedy right there, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they were watching me. And, you know. so we're gonna, they, they were like, we're going to let this guy slide this time. That's what they were yeah. thinking, the Bears. and um, uh, tell One time, you, you traveled a lot on the road. Uh, in the industry, you've been to California and, and uh you know, Wyoming, I know. Did you ever make it up to Alaska? Not to work. Uh, I know you've traveled vacation-wise up there. Yeah, we've been up there three times, if not four. Yeah. Just on vacation, uh, but, but, but not, not working. Work. And you didn't go to work in Germany, but I know you worked with, uh, I believe he was an engineer, and he gave you several offers to come to work in Germany. Is that right? Yeah. He, he works with a big uh, company there. He's overall capital projects. And uh, I still stay in contact with him. Email him every now and then. Yeah. Usually when he comes to the States, he'd, he'd call me up about to uh, get a bite to eat. You, you've been up to Whiting. Um, yeah. Did, uh, did you do much work in Louisiana? Uh, not really. No. Uh and, it, and you've worked with different people, and the people you've met, like uh, I know you've met some owners of companies and stuff. I, if I'm not mistaken, you've you've flown on private jets and rode, rode in, uh, taking rides in Bentleys and <laughs> vacationed. Uh, yeah. gentleman, gentleman turned over his 120-foot yacht to you for a, a vacation stay in Florida, right? Gave you a captain yeah, of the was, boat. Uh, he said it was an $11 million yacht. Wow. Uh, let me take my mom and dad and wife and think Blaze was with us. Taylor was uh, overseas on a mission trip. Yeah, they, they took us out to a restaurant uh, downtown Miami on the boat. 
Something that that I've always been impressed with is you have moved a lot, traveled a lot, worked um, Texas, Oklahoma, Wyoming, California. Um, your kids homeschooled. Yeah. Uh, how do you think that? I mean, is that that's all they really known? Right? Was the homeschooling? Yeah. But it wasn't just like they were. Uh, they had good fallback as far as the social development stuff. They, with the church and stuff, y'all, they were always involved with groups and. Always. And, yeah. Do you do you feel like they've missed out on anything? You know, yeah. I, I've asked them that before. Uh, you know, me growing up in one spot, me and you, mm-hmm. you know, grew up together, just you know, uh, not even a mile apart, and you know, just that one area. I mean, we know everything about doing that whole area and just you know, Kid Hill, Gator Hole, First Ponds, railroad Tracks. You saw the stuff that we did and the memories we made, but you know, theirs is just different. They, you know, what they know is how they've been brought up. Uh, they said, you know, they have friends really all over the world. You know, they've gone on mission trips, both of them, to Brazil. Taylor's gone to Spain. And that's the cool even, thing. Even Taylor going to college now, you know, she's got that ability to study on her own. She she doesn't need a teacher driving her or pushing her. You know, she's had to do that with homeschool, kind of like push and drive herself. Yeah. So it really helped. Colleen and I have had that discussion. Well, our, our boys will probably land in the school and do the, I guess you would call it the, the typical, you know, model. Uh, just going to school and being, you know, doing whatever they do, but... But that's been a point of conversation is that Taylor and Blaze have lived completely different than what we know or what we knew. But but that's what they know. And just because it's different, right. I, I don't think they've been so short on anything. Because Taylor has had, like, like you said, she's been to Spain. And, you know, I just, they've seen a lot, man. They really have. Yeah. And they, they've. They've been fortunate to be involved in a lot, and and they're they're outstanding individuals. When you just if you ever get to talk to them or meet them, like they're just they're very well rounded and grounded. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, they take after their dad. I, don't, I didn't I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that at all. But puker, uh, but now they do actually. Uh, you and Crystal both. You are just I don't know. I don't, yeah. If you can't get along with y'all, then. 
some something else is going on. <laughs> like, uh, but uh, cool, man. I uh, I appreciate. It. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Any points you want to hit? Or yeah, I think we save it for later next time. Okay, that's fair enough, man. I definitely appreciate you uh, getting on here, and uh, I'll I'll bug you again sometime to get you back on here. Uh, All right, sounds good. But, uh, tell the family we said hey, and uh, to everyone listening, to everyone listening, take care of yourselves and each other. Signing off.